Welcome to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9, loaded down with Leonard Skinner tickets for you. That show, July 27th, out at Blossom. We'll get you hooked up here throughout the program. It's also Tuesday, New Tour Tuesday. You're getting new Justin Timberlake, new Eric Church, new Seether, all part of that. Very, very excited. A lot to get to today. LeVar Ball's got some stuff to say about LeBron James. Get into that at 7 o'clock. Stipe's unhappy with the UFC. We'll get into that around 8 o'clock. Joined every morning. By Matthew Fantone, how are you? Uh, pretty all right, man. Pretty all right. Kind of had a case of the uh, case of the Mondays on a Tuesday, though. Uh, woke up this morning, like went to go out to the car, and I was like, "Dude, is that tire deflated?" And I'm like, "Son of a bitch! Really? I don't know if I got a nail or something." But luckily, I just pumped it up and like filled it up. And then as I'm pulling out, like yesterday, it just kind of skipped or like uh, it slipped my mind. Um, I didn't take the trash cans up to. You know where they normally sit. So as I was backing out, I hit one of those, and I'm like, "Son oh. of a bitch!" Like, it's like, you know, I thought I was gonna have a good day today. Thought everything was going all right, and Did then you just car all dented up. Taking no, 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 no. I don't think there was any. I mean, it was, it was a, it was a. I would say three mile per hour back up into a plastic. You oh, know, you'll be all right. Yeah, I think I should be. Um, but it was just one of those things, dude, where it was just a one punch and then a two punch right oh, out of the sucks. right out of the gate this morning. That sucks. I was yeah. gonna say, dude, I was like, yeah. the North Canton Collision guys will take care of it. I, I think I should be all right. Maybe in the daylight, I'll take a better look at it, though. Yeah. Well. Well, if it's a plastic garbage can, it should be. Right. Well, it should be. What? Uh, what's the story of the stands? What do you got, buddy? So, uh, dude, I talked to my mom yesterday okay. uh, through text message. We didn't speak. We texted because uh, you know, welcome to 2018. Did she scream through the text message? Too? Yes. No. Daniel. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know the story. I don't know why. Uh, because again, we were just texting, and I was at the gym, right. and uh, she's supposed to call me today and fill me in on the whole story. But my niece isn't coming. Like my oh. mom's coming at the end of the week, and my mom was supposed to bring my niece with her, and now Grace isn't coming. And I don't know why. I don't know what the story is. I think it's probably basketball related. My okay. guess is it's she's really, really good. She's playing on like three summer league teams. Um, she's on like two travel teams, one team that just stays in Vegas. Right. Like, so I'm guessing it's some basketball tournament that her team got into and she doesn't want to miss it. And so she's going to go do that. Yeah, and I guess I can't I no, can't fault a, a 12-year-old for like not wanting to come see her uncle in Ohio. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. there's probably a little bit of like, yeah, 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 I guess he's on the radio and he's okay, but to her that doesn't matter. No, you know what I mean? I mean like Roxanne's family lives here too, so she was kind of got to get it all done in one shot, but it's okay. like, you know what? It's like, nah, dude, you're 12. Basketball's what matters to you. Do it. At the end of the day, you know, I'll be back out in Vegas before you know it. it yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, Dude, but this, I really, this made me realize that I'm a selfish person. Okay. And I know that. And I I'm, I openly admit it pretty regularly on the program, but it really hit home yesterday when I heard she wasn't coming, how selfish I was. Why? Because my mom will be pretty low maintenance. My mom's going to come here. She's going to stay with her friend, Marianne. And that's up at like near Medina. And the reason being is because, you know, they've been friends since high school, but Marianne's husband died last year. Okay. So she's kind of going through what my mom went through, you know, 10 years ago. They've been best friends since ninth grade. They've been in each other's lives forever. Like we've used to go on family vacations together. So my mom's basically, she didn't, wasn't able to come in for the funeral. This is the first time she's been in town since then. So she's really coming into town to like kind of be with Marianne for that. Yeah, a little bit of like that widow's loneliness, like that, hey, exactly I've been right. there. This is how you. You kind of get through it. So it's you know. girls week. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. So it's Thelma and Louise are taking over. You okay. know what I mean? And so those two at the Chinese buffet will just be. <laughs> okay. I mean, dude, I'm telling you, those two 70-year-old ladies trying to figure out what, you know, Warsu guy is, is going to be hilarious. Okay, but that doesn't make you selfish. So, but I was really 
excited about my niece coming because she right. doesn't come to Ohio a lot. So I was like, oh, well, I'll take her here. And I got Lady Annabella and Darius Rucker tickets. I was going to take her to the concert Friday night. She likes Dar- My niece likes Darius Rucker a lot. And so I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell my mom. I didn't tell Grace. I didn't tell anybody. I was going to surprise her. Like, hey, Grace, Friday night we're going to go see Darius Rucker. I was, gonna, I was like, I'm going to be Uncle of the Year, right? right? And the whole thing. The moment I hear my niece isn't coming, right? I am such a scumbag person. The first thing I think is, oh, all that money you set aside to spend on her while she's here. <laughs> For two months, you've been sending money aside. Is that way you could spoil the living crap out of your niece? Take her wherever the hell she wants. Buy her whatever the hell she wants. Now, yesterday, I was like, well, dude, kind of sounds like a new three-wood, right? Like, that is kind of scummy. Mean, dude, the moment I heard it, it wasn't even like, you know, I mean, it was I was still typing, oh, that's sad. I wish Grace was coming. And then, like, you know how, like, you're thinking one thing and saying another? You end up typing the thing you're thinking. There I was typing Titleist on my mom. Like, no, 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 no. So I felt I there there was. There was, like, all day after that. I spent the entire, as a matter of fact, it made me stay at the gym more because I was so angry at myself for being such a, like, a self-involved, selfish douche where I was like, dude, you got to work out harder. Be proud of yourself today. And dude, I did. I did. Like, I ended up staying there longer so I could be proud of myself. Um, I, I will say that, you know, it, it's the silver lining. You know what I mean? But if that was the first thing that went first through thing. your head, like, you're right. If there's a little bit of like, oh, that sucks. And, you know, like, nope. uh, you know, and I even understand, too, that like there was a little bit of you that like, don't get me wrong. Of course, you want to spend time with your niece. But there was probably a little bit of you that was like, God, for the next week, I'm going to have to, you know, accommodate my lifestyle. And that's not something you're used to doing. That's not, not at all. that's you, you very much do what you want when you want and yes. kind of live that, you know, yes. and you set that up for yourself. For and sure. More power to you. Did it on purpose. Right. More power to you in that sense. But, you know, for you, the first thing that comes out of your mind is like, all right, man, I got $1,000 to spend Dude, here. This like, is what it was. Yeah. Fiona, I swear to God, like the moment she says, yeah, I don't think, you know, Grace isn't coming. <laughs> Legitimately, the first thought that went through my head was hybrid or three wood. Which one is it? Hybrid or three wood? Which one's it going to be? And I, I honestly, I don't like that about me. <laughs> I, I wish that was not. As a matter of fact, I actually went on eBay and I did buy some stuff i, I didn't say, buy the did club I wanted, but i but i but yeah i did i was like well i was like i guess that's 60 bucks i don't need and then i started thinking about it. i was like yeah i was like i want those black golf shoes too they're only 60 probably gonna get those now and now do you feel like is there a little bit of like well maybe i should just save that money and like go go you know all out for christmas or whatever or is it like no if you'd rather play basketball I would rather. Oh, I'm not going to Vegas for Christmas. Okay. Have I have I not disclosed my Christmas? I don't. Plan? I don't. I don't think so. So I, I came up with this. a plan two days ago for Christmas. Okay. All right. I, I was on the phone with a friend of mine. I came up with this plan, and I and I'm I'm hell bent. This is what I want to do for Christmas. As a matter, you know what? We're up against it. All right. I'll we'll be right back. I'll tell you exactly. We'll find <laughs> out whether or not my plan for Christmas is warranted or not. We'll do that next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. All right, I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. 8.30, pass out those Leonard Skinner tickets for you. 9 o'clock is New Tour Tuesday. New Timberlake, new Eric Church, new Seether, all part of that. Okay. Eric Church okay. normally earworms me. Like, I hear it and I'm like, nah, I don't get it. And then I hear it another 30 times, and then I'm a huge fan of this. Record Year was a song by him that totally did that to me. And when the first time I heard it, I was like, God, this is trash. And then I heard it 30 more times. Now I love it. 
all three of those artists are completely capable of making a song that I love. For see, sure. See, they're Eric Church and Timberlake. For sure. All three of them have songs that I really, really dig. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they all how they all turn out there. See, they're one of my probably more favorite radio rock bands. And I think it's undeniable Justin Timberlake, pretty talented musician. Yeah. I mean, the dude does his thing. By now, I don't think anybody can be in denial about at least the ability of Justin Timberlake to, you know, you know, entertain an audience. You know, it might not be your cup of tea, and I understand that, but people need to be able to appreciate things not necessarily designed for them, but like, all right, I don't love pop music, but Timberlake's decent at doing it. Like, I don't love Bruno Mars, but I get it. Like, I do understand. Like, right. It's like, yeah, okay, there's something in Bruno Mars for sure. It's not totally for me. Like, he's got like two songs I like. Some of that other stuff I'm not wild about. Out, but to say that the kid's not talented, that now sucks. that's now that's hater. That's that hater. To, to say, like, look, he's talented, it's not for me, that's not hater. You always have to explain that to Twitter because they never know. Yeah, they, they never know what that means. Yeah, you don't want to be a hater. So before the break, we found out my mom's still coming to town. Niece is not. I'm a selfish person. Get to spend the money <laughs> I set aside on my niece, on myself. Pretty excited. Are you are you hell-bent on blowing that? Or is it like, dude, this is leftover money. I can I can, I can put a little in the savings account. I can, you know, maybe a little in 401k or something. I'm not hell-bent on blowing it. I, I'm not good at that anymore. You know what the problem is? Is that I have most of the things I want now. Right. Like, I don't really want for much. I'm not a possessions person. So, like, I bought the golf clubs. I have them now. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, I want a three-wood. I want a hybrid. There's a putter I want. So there's three more out there to be had. Um, All three of them are going to be expensive. My putter I'm actually ordering through HJ. We've already talked about it. He's going to order it for me. So I'll be good there. Um, And so I'm not hell-bent on blowing it, no. And... You asked me, well, what, maybe you, what you should do is just save the money, double down, and go out to Vegas for Christmas. Right. Well, I decided two days ago, and I, haven't, I thought I had already told this story, I'm not going to Vegas for Christmas. Um, I, I think, now, I've made this decision. Now, I've made this decision three separate times during the run of this show and haven't done it. Okay. Okay, so, like, I don't know. I've, come Christmas time, I could be like, yeah, I'm not ready. I'm not doing it. But I texted a friend of mine the other day who is in the real estate business, and I said, I'm looking for a house. I don't want to buy one. I said, I'm looking. I said, by Christmas. So Christmas. And as a matter of fact, I actually posted something at our Facebook page yesterday that goes along with this. Okay. I said, for Christmas. I, I, I reached out to my friend Jessica and I said, for Christmas, this is what I want to get for myself. I don't want to go to Vegas. I went last year. I don't want to go. Right. And, you know, I mean, I think when you go to Vegas to see your family, people, I think, have the Vegas, like... It's not Vegas. The crazy wild Vegas. It's, not Vegas. it's the hangover. You know what I mean? Oh. And that's not necessarily what no. you're going out there and doing. No, my brother's lived in Vegas 15 years. I'm over the Vegas. I'm over it. Right. Once you've gone to the strip yeah. enough, and now that you've been to a legal weed store, it's like, okay, I, I don't necessarily have to do that again. Yeah, it's going okay. home for the holidays. Okay. It, they might as well live in Iowa. It, okay. Absolutely right. Doesn't okay. matter, right? I've been to Vegas. I've lived in Vegas. I've been there a million times. Right. So I think what I want to do for Christmas for myself this year is I want to rent a house and get a dog. So I texted my friend the other day and I said, dude, find me a house and I want a black lab. I, and dude, it for Christmas morning, I better wake up and have both those things. Oh my gosh, how adorable would that be? Stansberry coming down in his footy pajamas, all you know, sleepy eyes. To a pile of crap from the new puppy. There's a new puppy just there's waiting my gift. for him, dude. Just a deuce. It sounds magical. In front of the tree. It sounds magical. I dude, I had no idea this was on the plans. I, this I, is I dude, I just can't I was sitting on the couch the other day and I was thinking about it and I was like, I have got 
Now, I don't have to get out of where I am. I like my apartment. Most people that come into my apartment are like, dude, why are you going to leave this? The apartment's right. pretty nice. Right. Right? And I live in a pretty convenient, well, what should be a convenient part of downtown, but every downtown business is open every third Wednesday. Yank on the door. Maybe they're maybe. open. Maybe they're Flip not. Who knows? Who knows? And I keep trying to tell all those people down there, dude, if somebody from Jackson comes down here, yanks on your door, and you're not open once, they ain't never coming back. It'll be interesting to see as more and more people move downtown to those luxury apartments if they start opening up their doors more, but you're 100 Hundred percent spot on with that, dude. It's, there's there's no when debating I first moved that here, point. Like, dude, there's a diner right down the street from my apartment. I woke up Saturday morning, hungover, walked over, walked over to the diner, yanked on the door. They're not open. Six to two Monday through Friday. I was like, dude, it's Saturday. You're not selling me hangover food now that now that people live down there because I understand ten years ago when it was the Wild West and nobody was down there. It was like, well, dude, if nobody's down here, what are we open for? But you're having people move in there, and if you want money, you're gonna have to be open. Yes. So that was that's what I that's what was my plan the other day is to not take the money and go to Vegas, but to put it down, rent a house, get a black lab, which I've wanted forever, and like. Let's really do this now. So, do you feel like, like, if if a good opportunity were to present itself, you know, tomorrow, July eighteenth, am I going to wait? Are no. you going to wait? Because that's that's where you're going to run into a problem. Is putting something like that off for too long? You're going to be like, eh. well, I know what's going to happen now. Okay. People are going to flood me with somebody whose house they know who's renting it. Yeah. Okay. I'm not exactly ready right now, and this is going to sound like I'm knocking this radio station in the company, but I'm not. But they've been stingy with me. Like, financially, they've been stingy. They have. As a matter of fact, our boss was standing in the studio two days ago and said, dude, look, behind closed doors, we've all said it. Next time it comes up for contract negotiation, we realize we got to compensate you. Right? So when the, your boss is telling you, yeah, dude, we've been ripping you off for four years, they've been ripping you off for four years. And I don't really, I'm not trying to get hostile with them. I'm just trying to tell the audience. So when you send me the house for $1,200 to every month to rent today, I'm not even going to reply back to you because it is a financial plan of me. Like, let's put this money away and then we'll be ready to do. I could do it today. I don't want to do it today. I, I think there's something also to be said. Some transactions in life, it's awesome to use our notoriety to get further. Like, it's great. I love it. Like, I'm like, oh man, dude, you're going to give me something for free just because I'm me. Like, that's awesome. But then there's other times where you don't necessarily want to be standing. Stansberry from the radio in that transaction well, I gotta be when careful. you're dealing with a landlord. Well, you know what I mean? I got to be careful who I run from. I, I do got to be careful who I run from. You're absolutely right about that. That's um, that's one of those things, and I feel always the same way when it's like that's why companies are good when it's when it's like a healthcare decision for me. I don't want the doctor being like, "Yo, Phantom, talk about New Turk Tuesday. What's really? up, bro?" No, no. Oh, see, when I, I went to the hospital, now it wasn't my doctor, but the nurse came in. And it was like the third time she had always seen me twice, and then the third time she said something, and it put me at ease. It was like, "Oh, you care about me, though." I, 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 you care about me exactly. You probably care about me too much at this point. Oh no, no, no! I felt like I'm gonna get good care. I don't, I don't want. I, I, I feel the opposite almost. Oh, I, I don't yeah, want. We disagree on that. I, I, I don't want you to be using or to think think of me as anything other than a patient. I don't want you thinking of me in another way. Though. All right, I can see what you're saying, but I, I, that it put me at ease that day. Now I don't necessarily want my landlord to be, and this is hard because most people who live in Canton or Maslin or Alliance or wherever it's going to be, most people who live in this area are daily listeners. They listen, yeah. They are daily listeners because what else are you listening to? So it's like, that's, I mean, most of the other shows in the area suck. I mean, they're terrible. So that's, and we're really good. So that's part of that. So I don't necessarily want like a, I hate using the word fan, but I don't necessarily want one of those as a landlord, dude, especially with how small cameras are now, and your landlord has to have a set of keys to your place, and like, 
that whole thing gets tricky for me. Yeah, I was going to say, when they have instant access into your life right there. So, yeah, it's terrifying. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, very, I'm very intrigued by all this. I didn't know this was in the game plan. I didn't know this is what you were thinking. Um, I, uh, I think it's a good idea for you, and not that there's anything wrong with apartment living, but there comes to be a point when you just know it's time, when you're like, dude, yeah. I've been here for long I enough. Agree. Change the scenery. Even if, if, if just nothing else, like, that's one of the perks of renting is that you can leave. You can change things, and you know what I mean? Like at that point, you might as well if you're feeling that like that restlessness that I, that, that, that that I want to get out of here. Yeah, and I've had it for a while, and I've wanted a dog for a while, and I'm just not allowed to have pets in my building where I live, and uh, so you're just not allowed. And so like that kind of sucks. And I've been wanting one of those for a while. As a matter of fact, yesterday I posted like one of those like memes at Facebook.com/slash Stansberry Show, right. and asked people like post the last photo you took of your dog on your phone. Sure enough, like 300 people commented on it, and like you know posted pictures of their dogs. And it's because, dude, I miss having a dog. Dog pics, not dong pics. That's yes. what it's all about, right? No, there. no, no, no. We are the dog <laughs> pic show. He's absolutely right. Dog pics. Okay. Um, some of you, uh, most of you out there, love a piece of uh, a, a, a piece of art that's out there, a television show. I personally don't get it. It's coming back, and they're bringing all the nostalgia back with them. We'll give you the update next on Rock 106.9. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. So there's Bryce Harper last night going off. Home run derby. Had no idea it was happening last night. <laughs> no clue. This morning, had no idea it happened. Baseball is abysmal at getting the word out. They're old and stodgy like their fans at getting the word out. They're terrible at it. You, as a league, as an organization, have got to get better at getting the goddamn word out. I, I've i checked out of national sports shows ever since the LeBron decision. I made pretty much a conscious decision of like, dude, enough uh, screaming A, enough, you know, skip A list. Take a break from this, dude. But I'm on the internet all day, every, every day. Every day. All day, every day. And like, dude, it just, it didn't even, it wasn't even like a thought of mine yesterday of like, man, I better make sure I watch this home run derby. Like, no one was talking about it. Nobody was hyped for it. I've been on Twitter almost two hours this morning. Two hours. I'm yet to see video of Bryce Harper hitting a home run last night. I'm yet to see it. 19 of them last night is pretty impressive. But and it wasn't promoted at all, so I guess it doesn't matter. Nobody's talking How about impressive it. How impressive is it? Nobody's doing it. Football and basketball has done a fantastic job embracing Twitter. F- basketball has done a great job embracing Twitter. Baseball's like, nah, just come to the ballpark and watch it. And that's why nobody comes to the ballpark and watches it. The bigger concept of of brands embracing social media, we've talked about it a million times, where you don't something that you don't want to have to do. Most CEOs were like, God, I wish we didn't have to do this, but you do have to do it. Like there's no debating that. And if you're a content provider, you do. If yeah. you want to grow, if you want if you want to if you want to bring young pe- young people into the mix, and I know right now there's probably a million people who are like, screw young people. I don't care about young people, but it's like, dude, if you 
you want your brand to be a, a sustainable thing in 20 years, then like, you have to do it. This, yeah. is, this is exactly what I said about Vegas hockey. Where people were like, dude, hockey's not going to work in Vegas. Nobody's from Vegas. They're not going to care. And I said, well, well, maybe people who move from hockey towns who now live in Vegas will care about it. Okay. And I also said this. You can't be worried about the guy who's 30 in Vegas right now not caring about hockey. You know who you have to get? It's my niece, who is born and raised Las Vegas. Right. Is being raised in Vegas. What you're trying to do is create the next generation of sports fan in that city. And guess what? The Las Vegas Golden Knights have done it. Did a pretty they good did job it. of it. They did it. Exactly right. And this that's what I've said baseball needs. Baseball needs a team in Vegas. This is what I and I actually said it's Bryce, Bryce Harper is from Las Vegas. I saw him play as a kid. Like go do put a team in Vegas, send Bryce Harper baseball's biggest star home and watch the thing explode. Now this really was a perfect storm of like uh, you couldn't have written this script any better last night with Bryce Harper. Um it was in DC, you know yeah. where he plays. He now, has, granted, he's a, he's a Washington National, right? He, he has not he has not had a fantastic and yes, he has not had a fantastic season so far, batting 215 I think is what Ooh. I saw, but what I mean like big picture yeah, his, but that's slumps. His dad was pitching to him last night. He had this, you know, USA Headband on the, and the American sleep. I mean, dude, it was just, it was a phenomenal, like watching the video as I was loading it. I'm like, dude, this is a phenomenal visual story. He's just knocking him out of the park. Right. He, he had 19 home runs off of it. And still, it's like, eh, very, 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 not even second page. We're talking like third, fourth, fifth page. Like but, nobody cares. If I'm Rob Manfred, who is, he's the commissioner of baseball. If I'm Rob Manfred, I'm worried less. I'm worried way less about Chief Wahoo and about the fact that nobody's watching my goddamn games. Maybe it's not the logo on the hat, Rob. Maybe it's the fact that the games need to be watched. Dude, they do a terrible, terrible, terrible job getting the word out. Now, I know what what the fan base here is going to do. The Indian Twitter, the great handle, and it is. They are wildly entertaining, and yet it is a Twitter handle inside of a sport People don't care about. No one data point sets anything off. Just because that the Indians have embraced it and done a good job of it and are snarky with with Twitter doesn't mean that baseball as a whole is doing a good job of promoting its sport. And I know there's going to be like, well, dude, look at this and this and these ratings and that. But as a whole, when it comes to being appealing to younger people, when it comes to when it comes to doing things that garner attention on you, baseball's just not great at it, dude. They're not. So I searched Bryce Harper on Twitter. Yeah. You get three tweets. Outside of that, crickets. Three. Dude, they're just terrible at this. I guarantee you, dude, if I search T.O., I'm going to find 50 tweets from le- from yesterday. It's just, dude, difference. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the fan base. I don't know if it's the, maybe it's a communication breakdown between athlete and audience because, uh, dude, a lot of the Major League, ba- uh, you know, a lot of Major League Baseball athletes don't speak the language. Maybe that's part of it. I don't know. I would have to think it's at least a component. But baseball is terrible. Terrible at this. They are just bad at it. They need a national person. Kind of like, dude, let's make sure the best. I remember it was just a couple of weeks ago. Aaron Judge. He's like 6'9", whatever the hell he is. He's huge. Plays for the Yankees. Big, strong, good-looking kid. Plays for the right team. He's got a cool number, 99. He's playing catch in the stands with the kid in the outfield while the game is in play. There's runners on base. It was a great piece of video. And I said then, if I were baseball, I'd be getting this out in front of every single eyeball I could, showing people what's possible when you come to a baseball game. LeBron James ain't doing that with fans. Tom Brady's not going to do that with a fan. But there it is happening in a baseball park, and crickets, nothing. They're just abysmal at getting their word out. They are terrible at it. And the game itself is, does not have a lot of action, and I think those are two things that are hurting baseball right now.
So another thing coming back to Netflix now will be Stranger Things. They released, I guess, what, their teaser video for their very retro season three. I'm rolling my eyes. I don't get Stranger Things at all. I've never gotten it. I was one of those people who kind of lied about the fact that, ah, yeah, the first season really, really good. The second season was terrible. It was awful. By, by the episode two, I was like, this is bad. I mean, it's not like it's not good. It's bad. And I've said this about Stranger Things a thousand times. If they took the nostalgia out of it, you wouldn't like it at all. You would hate it. And as a matter of fact, I'm right. And I'll prove to you I'm right right now as they're doubling down on it. For season three, get ready. They're all in the mall. Ooh. So so your favorite kids from Stranger Things are going to walk past Wicks and Sticks. And you're going to (laughs) go, oh my God, Wicks and Sticks. Wicks and Sticks. I remember Wicks. And it's like things remembered in Zales and Claire's and Radio Shack. And dude, this is what you like about this show. It's not Mike and Eleven. It's got nothing to do with that. It's the fact that you're like, oh yeah, that's the world I remember. Trump wasn't a bigot president. And like, oh, that's what you that's what you're doing when you're watching this, is that you're wishing for the simpler time. Yeah, the nostalgia acts have certainly what do I want to say, shown a light on on the fact that it's just like we just don't want to grow up and we just want to watch a movie where it's like oh yeah i remember steven spielberg oh yeah i remember i remember et oh yeah i I remember that like uh, you know you don't ever have to move forward it's just we just have this perpetual looking back in the rearview mirror of like oh look how fantastic that was um i i did not try to watch the second season of stranger things because i felt like i liked the first one enough and everyone was either A, either all hot and bothered about it, like, dude, it's so good, it's so awesome, or B, we're like you, dude, it's like, well, dude, this was not good. So I was just like, you know what? This Stay is out of this it. is enough for me. Like, I'm going to pretend like this. the first season was good enough, and, and I'm done. Yeah, I don't get it. They're going I, to the mall. I, yeah, no, they go to the mall. <laughs> Wicks and sticks. Oh, my God. Corn dog on a stick. <laughs> I mean, that's all that is. That's all it is. If Stranger Things was was placed in the year 2017, 18, you would think it was trash. You, that's exactly what this is. But I saw Ghostbusters, dude. I remember I got Ghostbusters. I know. Slimer. I know. The high C flavor. I know. <laughs> I was there, too. Oh, my God. Can you believe this movie came out 33 years ago today? Oh, my God. I feel so old. Oh, my God. 33 years ago today, my favorite movie came out. Dude, if something came that you love came out 33 years ago, you felt old before today. Should have. At least you should have. I, Fantone and I both, we both hate that. But can you believe that the 17 years old today? Yes. Yeah. Because I've seen a calendar. I know how time works. And I, I know, it. right. I know how the day works. Only so many hours, then we flip over to a new one. Only so many days, then you flip over to a new week. Only so many weeks, then you flip over to, you know, then you flip over to a new month, and then months roll into years does not say when this is actually going to hit the screen on Netflix, but Wicks and Sticks and Zales making their, making their return. <laughs> While we search for 11 and lights flash and, I don't know, the walls open and was some other stupid thing that Winona Ryder's doing. I just I don't get that show at all. I just don't get it. LeVar Ball already making things awkward for LeBron James in L.A. We'll get into that next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. All right. I like it. I like it. I love it. 
Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's New Tour Tuesday. New Justin Timberlake, new Eric Church, new C. They're all part of that. Three in a row there should be good, I would think. Yeah, I mean, at least potential to be good. I mean, yeah. all three of them have some hits that I enjoy. Yeah. Um, I uh, I do all three of them. I I, I I like Eric Church. I like C. They're, you're right in the rock radio realm. They're about as good as it gets, you know, like... It's not my all-time favorite, but they're good. Yeah, they're really good at what they do. Justin Timberlake, not too terrible either. No, he's been known to have a few hits. He's got a couple. 7.45, we're going to revisit something we talked about earlier this morning. I was talking about how over Christmas I would like to get myself a, I want to move, I want to get a house, I want to get a dog, and of course, already. I'm on the, well, don't do this, though. Okay. All right. Everybody's got their opinion on how you should acquire a dog. Okay. Okay. Everybody's got to pipe down. All right. So at 7.45, we'll revisit. The Stranger Things fans are coming after me. They were like, dude, you were like one of the first people out the first season to be like, hey, check this out. It's like, yeah, I was searching for things to binge watch like anybody else. And so the first season came out, I was like, yeah, this is not that bad. You should maybe check it out. But then they, they brought the second season out, and it was like laughably bad. Like, la- And as a matter of fact, what happened was, this is what really, ha- I'll tell you the truth. Here's what happened. I kind of watched season one kind of like late at night, kind of whatever, kind of like as I was going to bed and wasn't really watching it. And then like before season two came out, I was like, dude, go back and watch season one again and get like geared up for this. And then I watched it in like the light of day and I was like, oh my God, is this show trash? Just, just it's like the smoke clouds finally parted and it's like, yeah. wait a second, is this good or not? That's what happened. Hold and, on. And, and really what happened was I was like, oh no, once you get past the fact that they're playing Space Invaders, I don't care about any of this. Yeah, I mean, nostalgia acts do fall heavy on that, and for better or worse, I mean, I know that's, like, part of the reason why people love that show, and, you know, you can think it's dumb, but, like, you know, whatever, but they they do, they fall prey to, like, hey, remember this? Hey, remember this? Yep. Hey, remember this? And once you get you, sick of that, like, yes, dude, I remember, I remember Mario Brothers, I get it! Right. I still have it. So, Summer League Basketball is underway. And LeBron was in attendance the other night. People lost their minds. Uh, and as a matter of fact, I believe, was this last night? Uh, the Cavs actually played the Lakers. It went to double overtime. We ended up losing. Um, but Colin Sexton looks like he might be the real deal. Yeah, Summer League basketball, you have to take everything with a grain of salt. It's the preseason of the preseason right. in, a, in, a, in a sport where the regular season doesn't matter. So there is a little bit of like, all right, calm down, everyone. Let's well, take a breather. Like 85% of the guys playing in the Summer League aren't going to be on NBA teams. Yes, I mean a vast majority. I mean, it's most. And the guys who are going to make that transition are either A, rookies, or B, going to be role-playing like bench guys. Right. 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th off the bench guys there. Exactly so, right. so so not exactly like, I, I, I kind of compared it to yesterday when we talked to Scott for winning for next year, I kind of compared it to the Browns going 4-0 in the preseason and then 0-16 in the regular exact season. Exact same thing. It's very possible, but your point of Colin Sexton looking good, I will agree with you there, man. I mean, I wants to play defense, likes to get physical, has a decent jumper. Like, I, the, things might be all right. Al, as and it's all going to be like, well, what's your definition of all right here? Um, he's a piece to build around, I think, in the future. And as long as you, as a Cavs fan, can move on from the LeBron era, and like, I get it, like it sucks, but it's over now. So you have to start looking towards the future. And if that's what you're going to build around, is somebody who has that dog in him, is somebody. And when he first got drafted, I, I compared him to a Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver. Where it's like, if you got that fight in you, that's who that's who I want on a young, scrappy, rebuilding team. I would agree. So now we know, though, LeBron James is now a Laker. Now another Los Angeles Laker, 
is Lonzo Ball. Now, Lonzo's got a dad, pretty outspoken, LeVar Ball. And LeVar had said a bunch of things before Lonzo got drafted. My son's going to be better than Jordan. Now, his son had a... I don't want to call it lackluster year, because for any other NBA rookie, I don't think it's that bad. But when you come in touted as highly as you were, and your dad says these kind of statements, I don't believe he lived up to his father's hype. I believe Lonzo lived up to the hype that sports people told me he was going to be. And I felt like he had the year sports people told me he was going to be. His dad laid the groundwork for him to be something way bigger than he ended up being. And not that this sucks for an NBA rookie, because like that's what the guy is. But in 34 minutes of play last year, it was averaging 10 points. That's not bad. I mean, dude, for a rookie, it's not. I mean, it's not the worst. I mean, dude. I mean, dude. Kobe didn't play for two years. You know what I mean? Like most rookies in this league aren't any good. Most players aren't any good. LeBron James is like the one example. He had like an all-star like, you know, stat line his first game in the NBA. That is not the average story of NBA players. Like I said, it took two, two years for Kobe Bryant to become Kobe Bryant. It took 4 years for Steph to turn into Steph. Most NBA rookies are are just like it's like they're not really breaking the bank the first year out. It's just not the way it is. Right? But now LeVar Ball is now, again, opening his mouth and saying things about LeBron James. And I have been saying from the beginning that I don't believe Lonzo Ball remains a Laker this entire year. I don't see it happening. I don't think LeBron wants to deal with the circus and these kind of comments. We actually have what LeVar Ball had to say. Here it is. I noticed you already said... uh you one on one versus MJ, you all day, right? One on one. One on one. Never lost. MJ. Okay, what about Le- you on one on one? LeBron, one on one. He too weak. Ah, uh, he too weak. Back in my heyday, can't nobody hold me. Two seventy. Two. Okay. Pitching five hundred. <laughs> now all I gotta do is bag you in. I'll lift all of them up off their so, feet. So okay, so do we have any video of this YouTube? Don't need no video. It's all up here. <laughs> you wanna come see me back in the heyday? All the bad mama jamma. I'ma let you know. Okay. All my right. will to win was too hard, man. One on one, I bet on myself all day. That's right. That's right. Is he serious? I think at this point, anybody who is anybody, anybody who who follows, you know, the NBA with any regularity at this point is treating this guy like a clown act. Not to say that you're not going to have him on your show because it's well, like that's that's a different question. It, it, not whether or not anybody's taking him seriously. Is he serious? I don't think so. Is a different I question. I, I think he thinks. He knows in his mind, if I continue to say outlandish things, if I continue to be this big, over-the-top personality, the spotlight will continue to be on me. And I think he also realizes that, like... That's where I think it goes bad. I I think he realizes this window is going to shut on him soon, because at this point, it doesn't look like either one of his other sons is going to be able to make it into the NBA. So you've got this... Well, they say the youngest will. if, 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 If he is to make it into the NBA, this routine isn't going to work again. You know what I'm saying? Like at this point you're going to have you're going to have your kid as an average NBA player, your first son is an average NBA player and there's no knock in that, dude. I mean that's obviously doing a, being a professional athlete and a guy who's a serviceable professional athlete, great point of pride I would think. Like uh, you know, but you're not going to be able to come in here and be this guy again. So as long as he has the opportunity, as long as he has the spotlight, as long as he has the camera on him, he's going to continue to exploit it as for as, for as much as he can. He's going to get his son traded. I don't think LeBron James wants to play with Lonzo Ball. And when that happens, it's over. It's all over. It's, it's right. And again, this goes. This will prove to you once again that the brand matters. That once Lonzo Ball is a Phoenix Sun, once he's a once he's a New Orleans Pelican, it won't matter. 
Lonzo Ball matters right now because he's a Los Angeles Laker. Because the Lakers always, like I told you last week, always, always, always matter. The brand always matters. That's why LeBron James is there. That's why Lonzo Ball wanted to be a Laker. Because the brand matters. It will always matter. That's what happens when you have that much legacy behind you and that much winning, that much tradition. You always matter. You may lay dormant for a few years. This is like when America got attacked, right? And everybody's like, ah, America lay dormant for a few years. And then what we what we tell the rest of the world after they bombed, after they came here and attacked us on our soil? You just woke up the giant, bitch. You just woke up the giant. And that's exactly what did happen. And what happened? We spent the next 10 years bombing the crap out of everything. Get ready, because now the Giants awoke in L.A. And now LeBron James is going to spend the next five to ten years dominating the West Coast. Dude, I'm telling you, it's under three years and he wins a title in L.A. I'm taking the under on three seasons and he wins a title in L.A. I'm just telling you, that's the way that's going down. And I think Lonzo Ball and his dad are going to run their mouths and they're going to create, you know, diss track videos and they're going to do all this stuff and he's going to get shipped out. And when he's playing in Milwaukee or Phoenix or New Orleans and any one of these towns and any of these teams that don't matter that we shouldn't even have in the NBA, which again, let's get back to this. So the other day I'm watching like the roundtable shows, right? And somebody makes this joke like, well, what if LeBron James would have went to Sacramento? And everybody on the table laughs. And everybody then looks into the camera and says, there's no way LeBron James would ever consider going to Sacramento. Meaning what? No NBA player wants to play for the Kings. No NBA player wants to go to Sacramento. So if that's the case, what are we doing with teams in Sacramento? The NBA needs to be 10 teams deep. I know I said 16 last week. It's 10 at most. Most of these guys, they want to play in coastal cities. They want to be in big markets. That's the way it is. Their timelines all tell them they're heroes. I don't know what we're doing with these teams in the middle of these towns that don't matter. I have no idea what the NBA is thinking. The game's gotten too big. That's why the regular season doesn't matter and why we only care about playoffs. There are too many teams in all of professional sports. At the end of the day, if you want to fix the sports, if you want to make it must-see TV, it's less teams, more drama. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on. Dan Stansberry and his boy wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9, 9 o'clock, New Tour Tuesday, New Justin Timberlake, New Eric Church, New Seether, all part of that. This Saturday from 11 to 1, join Fantone as he'll be at Key of Alliance. You know who I'm teaming up with there? Who? Mark Munch Bishop. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. It'll be a good time down there. Carnation City, we're coming for you, baby. I saw this, and, um, and I was very happy that this was being passed around yesterday because I've been asking this question in my mind for about a month. And as a matter of fact, every time, this time of year, I start to ask this question. How is this happening? How is this going down? And I've asked every parent I know. And every parent I know says to me, oh yeah, you could never do that. That could never happen. The excuses people give you on how that happens are all BS. I've asked multiple parents in this building this morning already who have said that very same thing to me. Oh yeah, I'm a good parent. That would never happen to me. Like if if you're on top of your game, this will never happen to you. Now, I don't know. I've never been a parent. I don't know. Okay, and I don't know if any of these parents I've been asking could have this happen to them or not. I think so, because I think if you don't do this intentionally, I think, you know, accidents are accidents for a reason. Nobody intends for them. To, as a matter of fact, the other day I was at the golf course. My buddy was like whipping the golf cart around. and I grabbed the side of it. He goes, what are you scared? I said, dude, accidents. Yeah. 
I know you're not meaning for the thing to flip over, but accidents can happen. That's what they're called accidents for. So yeah, I'm preparing for you know what could happen. Yes. What do you not want a golf court to tip over on you? Exactly right. Welcome to dudes. What are you a puss? <laughs> yeah, no, dude. I'm just old, and if you tip this thing over, I'm gonna be like on crutches for like six months. Yeah, that's can't happen. Okay. So this is now parents leaving kids in hot cars. Oh my god. Since 1998, 700 children have died in a hot car. On average, it's 37 kids a year. Okay? Okay. So over the last two decades, 20 years, 20 kids have died in Ohio after being trapped in a hot car. This just happened over the weekend. Mm -hmm. Okay? So my question is, is this happening more than before? Like, when I was a kid, I don't remember my parents talking about this. Like, I don't remember my... Because my feeling on this is that if it were happening at the same rate when I was growing up, I would have been hearing about it, or my parents would have been friends with somebody who had to deal with it. Now, I know the one difference for sure is that I was born in 1976. That if you had a child... If this would happen to you in 1977, nobody was taking you to jail for it. Really what it would have been is society would have felt bad for you and they would have said, oh, the, 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 the loss of your child is punishment, punishment enough. enough. They wouldn't have, hmm. dude, the cops wouldn't have been involved. Hmm. That would have been you lost your kid and you don't, and you don't prosecute that. Um, I don't know. I, I, that's, that's interesting. I definitely had not thought of it from that perspective. But like, I think that's the way it would have went I, down. I, I think there's a couple of different things that have changed. I mean, first and foremost, the media, and I think the coverage of these stories has definitely... Well, that's why we want people to pay. It's because people from three states away go, oh my God, terrible mom, put her in jail. And that's why we make people but pay. are they wrong? Probably I mean, not. No, you, it, no, because what... No, no, no. I don't think they're wrong. And here's why. That I think that, honestly, and this is what I've said about the gun crime, too. That if your kid takes a gun out of your house and brings it to school and shoots somebody, I want you in jail. And part of the reason why I want that to happen is because then less of you will want kids. Less of you will go, well, it's my right. I'm an American. It's my right. I'm allowed. It's my right to have one of these. Right. But you're not paying attention to them, and they're ruining everything. Yeah, anytime you neglect, and regardless whether that's you leave your kid in the in the car, or you leave your gun unlocked, or your kid falls into the pool, or whatever it is there, if you neglect your responsibilities and your child ends up dead, at the end of the day, there's got to be kind of on you. There's got to be some sort of punishment, and it is on you. I mean, like it has to be on you because who else is it on? I right. mean, and, and 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 I mean, I know nobody means to get into a car accident, but if you're texting on your phone and you get into a car accident, you're your at kid, fault. And you're, right, and and, and 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 you know, somebody dies or somebody gets hurt, you're at fault there. So, like, I understand, and I mean, I don't think. I, I don't think these are like malicious parents. I don't. I don't want it to come off like that. Well, like these people are all murderers. They just want to kill their nah, kids. It's not all. That. No. Now, are there parents maybe who have who have hidden behind the? Oh my God! I can't believe I yes. left them in a car. Sure. sure. But I think as a whole, probably vast majority of these, this was a terrible, terrible mistake. But it still had very dire consequences. So I can't just be like, well, you know what? The loss of your child's enough. And there, there's, you know, that's, that's all you need. No, we evolve as a species. And we evolve to the point to where we can't just do that anymore. And, but I'm telling you, when I was growing up, I'm pretty sure that's how stuff got handled. Now, should be pointed out, this is not happening more now than ever before. It's not. As a matter of fact, they said here, data at no, it's, it's not happening more now than it did in any time in the last 20 years. Data at no heat stroke shows that the average number of kids who die in hot cars has remained the same since around 1998. 
Around 37 babies and children die in a typical year. The number may be lower or higher, but it's rarely way off that range. So we're not talking about like, well, dude, we can point at social media and people are on their phones and not paying attention. This was happening just as much in 98 as it is today. Yes. Because I thought that was going to be a part of it. Was that like, well, you're on your phone as soon as you get out of your car, as soon as you park the thing, you know, you're you're checking your Facebook. But if if it's if it's 37. What social media has done is we hear about it. That's what social media has done to the baby dying in the hot car thing is that we've hear we hear about it. And again, we're judging it. And so therefore these and that's what you want to do. That's why these stories gain major traction. You realize that, right? It's that it's a it's a it's a it's a couple of different points here. Partially, it's small child, innocence lost, that's sad, obviously, for sure. Absolutely, that's going to be a component. But make no mistake, the other component to why this story gets big and why it gets passed around is because then you get to sit there and judge parents. Yeah, I'm a better parent, yeah. And whether you're sitting there looking at your phone, smiling, thinking about the fact that you're judging that parent, or the fact that you're just like, oh, what a scumbag, probably heroin addicts, this and that, right? You are judging. And then that that pleasure center and that brain goes off, and you're having fun, whether you want to admit that or not. Does the same judgment come with a kid that falls into the pool? You know what I mean? Like another... Yeah. You think so? Like, I I, I don't know. I just think think so. there's plenty of negligence in the world, but this one does, to me, feel like... It's a special, I don't know, like it's, it's, there's a special viewership of it. Like, because you know why? Because a kid can slip and fall into a pool. This feels like forgetful from the parent. And so other parents want to be like, well, I would never forget my kid. Right. I'm a better parent than that. I mean, at the end of the day, and I'm sure you can look back at your childhood and remember plenty of times. Oh, that, I got a perfect story. That, 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 that you put yourself in a dangerous situation. And like, yeah, you can say like, well, pff, you're, you know, it's, you're a parent's momentary lapse isn't always like, boy, you're a terrible, negligent, awful parent. Sometimes it is just a mistake. Yeah, like my parents left me somewhere once. My parents left me at church once. They got in the car. They were going to lunch, and my grandparents were in the car behind us, and they thought I got in the car with my grandparents, and I didn't, and my brother never spoke up. And my mom turned I Actually, no, my mom thought I was. Here's what happened. My dad thought I went with my grandparents. My mom thought I was in the backseat with my brother. And then my mom turned around and realized I wasn't there, and she looked at my brother. She's like, David, why wouldn't you tell me Danny wasn't in the car? My brother said, I don't know. It was finally quiet. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I've been talking like this my whole entire life. So it can happen. I like, I. Look, I tease my mom a lot, but my mom was a was a really good mom. Cared about me, loved me. I never once, not a day in my life, ever sat in my house and wondered whether or not my parents loved me. Not a day in my life. And I've teased my mom. She was a good mom. Now, granted, you survived. It's not like you died in that church because you're obviously here, but you could have. I could have. You and very she, well could have. And they would have been guilty. And it's just like, like, like but I just, I, I mean, I know the easy thing to do is to look at these parents and make them the ultimate villains, to make them the ultimate, like, well, I, but it's that weird place where it's like, well, just because my, so you're my, you survived and your mom asked, she's still a good mom. Just because this kid died. Not that day. She wasn't. I just. It's it's a, it's a weird line. It's no, that's a bad parenting day, and you're going to have them. You're going to have them. But most bad parenting days should end with like, oh my god, I said something to my kid I shouldn't have, or you know what, we were a little heavy handed with the punishment. That was a little too far. If your kid dies in a car, 
Like, dude, again, I've asked multiple parents here this morning, and I said, what's the likelihood of this happening? Like, really, like, what's... And a, a man, too, like, a man said to me, like, Dan, that is never going to happen. The first thing I think when I, when I put my car in park is, what do I have to do to get these kids out of the car? Every parent knows that. That's the other thing, too. It's like getting your kids in and out of the car is like a hassle. So what do you mean you didn't remember the hassle of having to get the kid, what you know, the chocolate wiped off his face and then like into the whatever and then like out in the parking lot? Like, what do you what do you mean you didn't remember having to do that? Now, again, this is what's going to happen is people are going to send me this message. You have no idea what it's like to be as tired as new parents are, man. You have no idea. Okay. Well, if your take is, is that you can be tired enough to where it's okay that you forgot a kid and it dies in a car. Guess what? You were ill-equipped to be a parent. If that's your take, I wish you didn't have kids and that you should probably stop by a convenience store and grab some condoms today because what the hell is the matter with you? More Stansberry Show is right around the corner. Hang on. The Stansberry Show. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Yo, guys. Fantone from The Stansberry Show here to tell you about the Rollholt Vision Institute. It still happens to me all the time, dude. I wake up in the morning, I reach for my glasses, and all of a sudden I remember, dude, you do not need those. I got 20-20 vision thanks to the LASIK surgery I had done at Rollholt. And I'm telling you, your summertime is going to be so much easier when you don't have to worry about glasses or contacts. So if you've been thinking about LASIK surgery, I know you have some questions, which is why the Rollholt Vision Institute has made everything perfectly clear for you at their website. That is RollholtVision.com. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Show. We're on Rock 106.9. 9 o'clock is New Tour Tuesday. New Justin Timberlake. New Eric Church. New Seed. They're all part of that. For the break, we were talking about uh, kids dying in hot cars. The number has not increased over the last 20 years. Not increased. And correct me if I'm wrong, data not available prior to 1998 from what we saw? From what I understood, yeah. Okay. From what, what I read in that article, that they, okay. yeah, that they really started to pay attention to this around 1998. The numbers hovered around 37. It's where it's been for 20 years. Uh, you talk about this kind of stuff and people want to, you know what I mean? Everybody's got an opinion. And I understand that. But, you know, I heard a lot of this during the break. You know, well, these kids are just being raised by soft parents. That's why it's happening more. What? Literally, we just gave you the math that it's not happening any more than it ever was. Literally, we just gave you the math of it. But it's happening more now because people are soft today. <laughs> Is he implying that, like, babies were tougher back then and they could survive in the heat for longer? I think so, like, maybe. What? I think maybe. I think, what? You know, we used to have sand babies. <laughs> Yeah, we had desert babies. We used to have, yeah, we used to have desert babies. We don't have those anymore. Wow. Wow. I don't know what he means. You know what he means. That he thinks it's about the parent. And it is about the parent, ultimately. But their kid didn't get any less strong. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what? I, I, dude, it's hysterical. But like the, the amount of people who are defending these parents, too, are saying, dude, I've taken more than a few of these. Like, Stansbury, you don't understand. You just don't get it. You're not a parent. You don't get it. And I... I mean, maybe. I mean, I think that's crazy. I think, honestly, if the take is you don't understand. First of all, okay, this is what I know. If you can get so tired you can leave a kid in a hot car, then parenting's a two-person job. Let's just let's, let's just clear that up. Then it is a two-person job. If it's, I don't care about man and woman. I don't care about that. It's two men, two women, whatever, one of each. I don't care. But if the job, it's the most important job in the world. If it's that hard and it's that important, then guess what? It's big enough 
for two of you. Then don't try to tell me how one person can get it done. Then don't try to tell me that. As a matter of fact, there's more than enough data, science, and everything that proves that. That two-parent households are more conducive to a happy life in the end. Then, then there's no convincing me of that in the other way around then. That if it's that big of a job, then we need two of you doing it. Get it figured out. Or, or, or don't have the kids. How about that? Because some of you out there have kids because you thought that's what your parents wanted you to do. Some of you out there have kids because you thought that's what society told you to do. Sometimes people get married and have kids because it's like, well, I'm at this age and this is what we do and this is what this is, right? And then this is supposed to be the finish line. And this is what I'm always saying about marriage is that that's what happens is two people get married and you think it's the finish line, which is why the divorce rate is 52%. The marriage, by the way, the, your wedding day, that's day one. Not the finish line. That's the, that's the starting pistol. Not the finish line. And that's why the country screwed up. That's why we're all screwed up. Is because you do the thing your parents put on the pressure on you your entire life to get done. And you think, okay, well, recline in the recliner. I'm done. No. You're just getting started at the marriage. You're just getting your life going at that point. You're not done. You're not over. You're starting right now. But I've taken more than enough Comments from people are like, dude, you don't understand. You're, you look, you just told the story about your mom leaving you in the car, or you know, leaving you at church. It happens. Parents leave kids everywhere. It happens. Okay, uh, okay, you're going to jail. I mean, I think, I think, I think both things can kind of be true there, where it's like, yes, things are going to happen, but that doesn't. It's not like, oh, things happen, no big deal. Like it is a big deal. Like yes, things are going to happen, and like it is a weird line there because, like I said, like in every in every negligent child death. There is going to have to be that level of like punishment and judgment and something that comes down with it. Sure. But if your kid runs off of your hand in a parking lot, gets flattened by a car, like that's not you hating your kid or like, oh, I'm a terrible parent or whatever. That was a very unfortunate series of events that happens there. And like, yes, there's still some sort of, 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 I, I don't necessarily want to say like criminal charges, but something has to happen there. But like, I, 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 you're I, negligent. Right. I, I, I guess I can see both things there of like yes these things are going to happen but you have to you have to do your best and you have to make sure that they are minimized i want you prosecuted and here's why because i think honestly if we start to do that that makes that will hopefully lead to stupid people going i shouldn't do this or more importantly it'll lead to dudes on friday night going you know what let's get condoms first let's do that first the problem is is that today's society it's a little bit of this like I said this the other day, right? Like my mom divorced her first husband. She was considered to be the town whore. Her mother called her the town whore because she got divorced. Now, if you're not divorced three times, people look at you like you're strange. Our more, uh, dude, our, our line of what we, is acceptable is constantly shifting a little bit every day. And this is what I'm saying. It's like, dude, it's acceptable now to be like, like a, like a half-assed parent. It's acceptable now. Well, you know, I mean, they're in three sports. I work two jobs. And if my boss was, if the CEO of my company wasn't evil, I'd be a better mom. No, you wouldn't. If they change that situation around, you are who you are. I don't care what you're saying. Dude, you are who you are. And you will be who you are in any one of those situations. I don't care what the, you can change all those situations tomorrow. You're still who you are. I just, I don't understand it. I don't get it. And if it's the hardest job in the world, then it's going to take both of you. Then it's going to take both of you. And don't try to sell me on how it doesn't. It's the toughest job in the world, Sansbury. You don't know. You're not a parent. How would you know? You don't know. This is what I always say. I do exactly know. And that's why I'm not doing it. Because I do know what the end reality of all that is. I do understand how difficult it is. That's why I made the... You think it's an accident I didn't get a girl pregnant? 
No, that was planning that did that. It was thinking ahead. It was planning out my life better is what did that. It wasn't just, I didn't fall ass backwards into no kids. I thought about it long term, pained over the decision, decided what was best for my career and my life, and then did it. I didn't just get drunk on wine one night, have sex with my wife, and end up with triplets and go, now what do we do? You're the one that didn't plan, not me. More Stansberry Show is right around the corner, and Stipe has got to get over it. That's next on Rock 106. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're online for you at WRQK.com, and we'll be, uh, we will be doing New Tour Tuesday for you coming up 9 o'clock. New Justin Timberlake, New Eric Church, New C, they're all part of that. I like all three artists. Uh, Fantone said this earlier, and I think he's right. All three very capable of making a smash hit. Yeah. So I'm very excited to hear all of those. I am suspicious that Eric Church is going to go the way Eric Church always goes for me. I hear it the first time, don't care for it. Three months later, I'm going to be like, that song's a hit. I Love like it. it. He does, he earworms me. It, 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 it's, Eric Church is normally not a first listen for me. It's normally, I, 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 got, I got to let brew. So I'm interested to hear that song. Seems like he's uh, he's been on tour this entire summer, and it just seems like everybody I know from everywhere is like, dude, show is awesome. Well, he just somebody just died close to him. I don't know if it was, brother? was his brother. I something think like it that, was or yeah. something. I guess like the show right after that was like really in depth and pretty good. He did a lot of acoustic stuff and did like that that kind of stuff. Um, he's a performer. Have you ever seen him? Have you ever gotten lucky enough to see him? I've seen Eric. He's very very good. Um, I would always go see him again. All right. So, Steve Miocic lost to Daniel Cormier. This is UFC, right? And this was, what, two weeks ago, maybe? A week ago, something like that? And I rented the fight, and for years I've been defending Daniel Cormier. Been defending him, because people have said, ah, he's not really a fighter, you know, he makes, you know, he, he, he just lays on you, he wears you out, and yeah, that's part of fighting. That's why it's called mixed martial arts. If you want guys standing up on their on their feet, just you know, ex- you know, just exchanging blows, that's boxing. Right. Mixed martial arts is there are multiple fighting styles here, and that's the part of the sport is that you got to figure out who your opponent is, and then figure out how to beat what they do best. Now, it should be pointed out, knock Stipe out, knocked him out. So he didn't just make Stipe carry his way. As a matter of fact, that's how he ended up beating Stipe. Go back and watch the fight. I was going to say, I think that's one of the best parts about MMA is that, like, you don't know what's coming or you don't know how they're, how, they're, how they're going to get you. You're just as likely to have to tap out as you are getting your head knocked off as you are having to go all three rounds or whatever. Exactly right. And if you go watch the fight again, this is how Daniel Cormay wins. Because Stipe in his camp knows Daniel Cormay most times wants to grapple you, wants to get you to the ground, and wants to wrestle you. So Stipe goes in and kind of like they're getting ready to grapple. And then you could tell his entire defense was going to be set up on battle that. And instead of going and putting his arms around him, trying to wrestle Stipe to the ground, what happens? He throws a right hand, uppercut, knocks Stipe clean out. Which, by the way, it's one punch. You can see the eyes roll in the back of the head and that one punch. And I've been saying it for years, that Daniel Cormier has so much more power on that right hand than people think he has. I've been saying it for years because I've been a fan of the UFC for years. A lot of people thought Stipe got screwed, and it's because you started watching UFC when Stipe won the belt two fights ago. That's when you started watching it. Stipe didn't get screwed. Now, 
a lot of UFC fans and even hardcore UFC fans and hard, people that I consider, I don't consider myself to be a hardcore UFC fan. I enjoy it. I like it. I rent fights. My ex, Callie, is a hardcore UFC fan. Rents every fight. Doesn't matter who's fighting. She's renting it. She's paying Dana White his money and she's watching the fight. That's a hardcore UFC fan. She kind of feels like Stipe deserves a, a title shot. Deserves another fight. Okay? I do not. I do not. Would I like to see Stipe fight Daniel Cormier? Absolutely. Do I feel like he deserves it or should? No. I do not. This goes back to business. And what do I always tell you about business? I always, I, and, and I always relate it to what you do, whatever it is you're doing, and what I do. We are not in the song playing business. We're not. I know that's what you think radio stations are doing, that they play songs for a living. We don't. We make money for a living. Playing songs is how we do it. I don't care what business you're in. You're in the money-making business. Dana White should not schedule a fight that's not going to make as much money if he doesn't want to. This isn't a league. It's not a federation. This isn't about fair. It's it's not about what shoulds. This is the grown-up world. This is what will happen. And at the end of the day, dude, this is a ticket-selling business. It is a money-making business. Fights is how they make the money. So what do you do? You book the best fight. And guys, it's not even debatable. Outside of outside of Slavic Village in Cleveland, outside of Slavic Village, Brock Lesnar, Daniel Cormier is the bigger of the two fights. The bigger is it the best? It's the bigger. It doesn't matter. Dana White and the UFC are in the money making business. So you put the fight on that's going to make the most amount of money. Like Steve A actually says, he goes, I kind of feel like they're desperate for pay-per-views. Yeah, that's how the money's generated, Stipe. That's how the money's generated. When you start making decisions based on money as opposed to like giving you the best match, you don't you don't think that like weakens the integrity of the sport? No, I, I think in order for that to be true, the fight between Brock Lesnar and Daniel Cormier would have to be a bad fight. I don't think it's going to be a bad fight. I think it's going to be a great fight. To me, Brock Lesnar would have to fight his way up, right? Like because to me, that's kind of always the thing is like. No, this is not. It's not about fair. There's not. This is not about playoffs. This isn't about like you. You whittle it down. This is matchmaking. This is matchmaking. You think Muhammad Ali fought every time who the best opponent was? It's matchmaking. You fight. You put the. It's a spectacle. It is a circus. This isn't about finding the best fighter. It's about dude. That's what the like tough enough for UFC. That's finding the best fighter. It's the matchmaking business. It's the money-making business. If you want that kind of sport where it's like, no, work your way up through the ranks, and then you beat this person, then you play this, and then you get the trophy, that's NFL, NBA stuff. That's over there. This is sports entertainment over here. And it's about selling the tickets. Brock Lesnar sells tickets. Would I prefer that more people rather watch Daniel Cormier, Stipe Miocic? Yes. Of course that's what I would prefer you'd rather watch. But you, even an Ohioan, if you're being honest, what would you rather watch? You'd rather watch Brock Lesnar fight. You don't don't think that with there being a lack of... Or with opening this door up for like, well, hey, the biggest match is what's important. At what point does that become? Well, having this guy win the biggest match is most important. Is there a possibility that happens in the end? I would be 
crazy to say that that could never happen to the UFC. It's happened to bigger organizations than it has the UFC. So could that happen, Fantone? Yes, I think it could. Is it Has it happened currently? No, it has not. And I said it before, and I'll say it again. If the UFC was fixed, CM Punk would have won a fight. He was a draw. People wanted to see CM Punk fight. If the UFC was fixed, CM Punk would have won fights. It's not fixed. But it's also not fair. It doesn't have to be fair. Life isn't fair. Be more popular. The fact remains, you were a three-time champion and nobody cared about you outside of Ohio. So what is Dana White supposed to do? Supposed to continue to throw your ass back out there and not sell pay-per-views? This is what I love. Every UFC fighter says, I need to be paid like Conor McGregor. I need to be paid like Conor. I want to be paid like that. Pay me like Conor. Well, bitch, you ain't Conor. You ain't. People ain't coming to the TV to watch you. I'm not just talking to Steve. I'm talking to Brendan Schaub. I'm talking to all these guys who have been bitching at Dana White about not paying the money. At the end of the day, dude, you're not a draw. You're not. You're just some tomato can getting punched in the face in the middle of a ring for most people. That's the way it is. Conor McGregor is a star. Daniel Cormier is a star. Brock Lesnar is a star inside this sport. John Jones was a star inside this sport. And if these fighters want to make more money, then how does the money happen, by the way? It doesn't just fall out of the goddamn sky. It comes from selling the event. The gate, the pay-per-view is where the money comes from. So you put on the biggest matches, make the most amount of money, and then payer scale can go fighter pay scale can go up. How simple is this? You didn't rent the Stipe Daniel Cormet fight. You didn't. So why would they run it back for you again? They run Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz more than once because you watched it. Because people want to see it. The fact remains, outside of Ohio, nobody really caught on to the Stipe thing. Now, the fair bitch Stipe does have, I'll give him this, is that the UFC could have promoted him a little bit better. They could have. They absolutely could have. But Chris Cyborg has bitched about this. Stipe, other fighters have bitched about this. This is not a Stipe issue. Other fighters have bitched about this. And really what it comes down to is, again, much like baseball, there's a language barrier here. And that there are a lot of people, dude, that's why, dude, why do you think telemarketers don't have accents? Because you're going to hang up the phone. They use the accent for the time zone they're calling. Why? Because that's what is successful. They need people that are successful in all time zones. Hence Brock Lesnar. Hence Daniel Cormier. Successful. Every last time zone. Don't talk to me about fair. Don't talk to me about, well, ideally, what should happen. Don't talk to me about fair. Don't talk, talk to me about making money. The UFC is in the money-making business. Just like your boss is in the money-making business. You sell tools is how you make the money. You're not in the tool selling business. You're in the turning profit business. Like every other business before and after you. Give me the fight that makes the most amount of money. Build me the biggest attraction. Brock Lesnar, Daniel Cormier, way bigger fight. Not even close. Coming from a guy who's rented fights for the last you know, 5-10 years. It's the way bigger fight and it's not even close. More Sansbury Show right around the corner. Hang on. The Sansbury Show. I have got... Get in on this. Rock 106. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show. We're on Rock 106.9. 9 o'clock is New Church Tuesday. You're getting new tum- uh, new timber like new Eric Church, new Seether, all part of that. Can't wait. Uh, love all three artists there. I remember when Timberlake first left NSYNC and guys were like, well, man, that first song's pretty good. What do I do? Am I allowed to like this? He's not in NSYNC anymore. What do I do? I remember like guys didn't know what to do. They were like, I don't know. 
Am I allowed? What, what's the rule here? I mean, I guess that like being, you know, in a pop band is too much for some dudes, but like, it's okay. You can like it. It's all right. I love him. I think he's great. Saw him in Vegas. He was awesome. He's a great entertainer. There's no denying that. Pretty good golfer too. Justin yeah, Timberlake. Fanatic, right? Yeah, he's a huge fanatic. Owns two courses, as a matter of fact. Huge believer in it. And they say he's really good. He um, And he plays uh, Glenmore quite a bit. Like, I guess he came here to do that thing. And since then, I've heard rumor that he's been back a few times, like on the, on the I believe, on the Dow, though. He's come back without, like, a lot of people knowing and has played Glenmore a few times since then because of how much he enjoyed it. You know, pretty cool for the city, I think. Heard rumor of that. Buddy. One of your idols. Yeah. The Rock. Says, I am not running for president in 2020. Good. He had said for a while. Look, I'm entertaining the idea. And remember, he went so far as to say, hey, we're going to start like the bone the rock up on like on the foreign policy thing. Like he was going to start like, you know, getting pretty serious about the information and take it all in and all that. And he is uh, he's throwing cold water on it now saying I'm not running. He spoke to Vanity Fair at the premiere of his latest movie, Skyscraper. He said, unfortunately, I don't see it happening in 2020. It's a position that requires years of hard work and experience to learn the skills. There's a lot of ground to cover, and due to my schedule, it's not possible in 2020. See, I, th- I, I disagree here. I, I think, uh, obviously, I think he's right. I do, I do think it takes some time to get, you know what I mean, get some stuff underneath your belt. Like, I don't think I could be president tomorrow. But I think this is more about, and maybe I'm wrong. I could be way wrong here. But I think it's more about the fact that he's seeing how the Donald Trump presidency is going and understanding that I'm only going to alienate half the country from the rest of my businesses if I want to do this. And so do I really want to run the country? Because that's what it's going to come down to. Because you are going to negatively affect your businesses on some, on, in some regard. Now, you may gain a bunch, but you are going to alienate some people. And so at the end of the day, is it worth it to you? And for me, the answer would have to be no. And that's why I'm surprised Trump wanted to run the country. I'm really surprised. That guy, now, granted, maybe it's ego that did, I don't know. But that guy had the life. I mean, he had the life. Was in charge of his own businesses, was running multiple things, doing pretty well at it. Played golf whenever the hell he wanted, still does from what I understand. But that's just it. Why would you want to throw in running the country on top of that? You could have played Turnberry. Anybody who was going to let him on the golf course because he was Donald Trump. What the hell were you thinking? Yeah, I think Hubris definitely had a, a at least a part of, of, of a role to play here. Um, I, I definitely think that there's no question that, you know, at this point, I 100% buy into the fact that anyone can be president. I think President Trump proved that to me. Um, but you're 100% right. If you are somebody who's in the position to put yourself into that conversation, why? Why you know would you what want I mean? That like, why? It's one of those things. You do something right, nobody cares. You do something wrong, everybody cares. And I mean, I, I definitely think that it's very possible. I don't know if probable or going to happen, but I think it's possible that, you know, Somebody could unite the country. I don't think that the divide of 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 that we feel right now is necessarily permanent. Like I think no, 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 no. And I'll and I'll give you an ex- I'll give you a great example why. My brother is more conservative than I am. From what I understand, Fantone's got a few family members that are more conservative than he is. My brother will tell you he's not necessarily a Trump person. He's not. It's like I, I remember during the election. He's like, "Where's my guy? I don't have my guy. I don't have my guy." 
Well, yeah, I mean, there's certainly a divide within, you know. So I think if you found somebody who does have a little bit more of a unifying um, personality, and The Rock would for sure, I think you could maybe win over people from both political aisles to come to you. But I just, I just. But why would you want it? Yeah, I mean, I just don't think it's worth it. I mean, I just genuinely don't. No like, way. when you're called to be the president, when when that that has to be a, a service of others as opposed to how does it serve self here, and. I just don't know if somebody who's in the position that The Rock is in is ready to give up that service of self. That, like, yo, I want to be the biggest movie star on the face of the planet. I want to be able to exploit, you know, my popularity for money and all that. Where I think that once you get into the realm of, of, of being president, and particularly not just an elected official, but the leader of the nation, that ideally you, that's kind of the opposite of what I want. I know Kim Kardashian's kind of dipped her toes in it and kind of talked about how it was intriguing to her, at least. Um, And I could see this country making Kim Kardashian the first female president. I hope not, dude. I just, once again, it's not that that I'm knocking President Trump here. It's just I don't want to turn this into a celebrity contest because I think the country's in for a very, very rude awakening of, like, of how fragile, like, our system is if it's just like, all right, who's the biggest celebrity of the moment? Let's throw him up there. Yeah, I don't think it's a great system. I don't. I, I I think we're better off with somebody running the country that you don't know. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. I'm not like. And I, I, when Oprah was talking about running for president, I was vehemently against that too because she is not qualified to do it. It's not a question of like, well, what do I think about her politics? Is she in line with what I think? It's like, no, you are not qualified to be that person. I think what I think, but that doesn't make me qualified to be president. I think, honestly, it's time that we maybe change the qualifications of what's required to be president. Like, notice nobody ever talks about that. We talk about, well, you know, electoral college, let's switch this, let's switch that. Maybe it's time to change the requirements of what is, is asked of you to be president. Maybe there does need to be a certain amount of years of public service in another area before we're like, yeah, dude, here's the keys to the country. But at that point, it's going to turn into you're not letting outsiders in. You're just feeding a perpetual, like, self-feeding, you know. I disagree. I think those outsiders can get in. You just need to get in on a lower level like anything else. You don't show it up, up at IBM and go, you know, I've never worked here a day in my life. I want to be CEO. At least if you do, if that does happen to you, you've been CEO of another company before. You don't go from production line to CEO. And if I said that to you, like, let's, again, I'll use my job as a perfect example. If they said tomorrow, hey, we're going to put Stansbury on in the afternoon. It's where, you know what I mean? We just, we figured out this is where it's going to work better. We're going to put that show on in the afternoon, three to seven. And Rock 106.9 came in and said to you, we're going to put a guy on in the morning here who's never been on the radio ever before. You would look at that as that was a stupid decision. So if that's a bad decision for a radio station to make, how is it not an incredibly bad decision for a country to make? That I would like to see a few years public service showing me what your capabilities are, what your decision making is, what your thought processes are like, thinking about others in this regard before I give you the keys to the entire country. Why is that crazy? I don't think that's crazy. Wanting to see how you do it. It's like, again, you don't get to graduate high school until you finish 10th and 11th grade. You don't just go up at first grade, ninth grade and go, okay, I've seen the hallways. Now give me my degree. And I know there are some people who will think this is for the better, and there's obviously some people who think whether that was for the worst. Well, at the end of the day, that means President Trump would not have been president. You know what I'm saying? Like, at the end of the day... That's fair. Let me ask you this. Do you think military service should have to be a requirement to be in the... 
to serve as president? No, I don't think it should be a requirement. I think it should be bonus points, though. I don't have a problem with that, is that military service would definitely give you a unique perspective or I a different like, perspective, yeah, yeah, but I, not, not a requirement. I don't know if it necessarily needs to be a requirement, but I do like having that perspective in the room. I do like that because you do got to think about that, and I do think you would maybe consider the 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 the, the extreme nature of sending soldiers to fight if you yourself had to fight. Yeah, I mean, you're the commander in chief, dude. You are the head of those troops. So, like, I yeah, I have zero. I I, I do not. You, I mean, like I, said, I would not vote to make that a requirement. If the country moved and made that a requirement, I would have a hard time throwing a serious amount of mortars at it. I don't necessarily, I personally maybe wouldn't vote for that, but if the country decided to do that, I guess I'd be like, all right, I guess I could see how a huge portion of us could come together and make that decision. Because it does give you a unique perspective into foreign policy and what needs to happen there. Um, I've said forever, I think Mike Rowe eventually runs for president, and I think this country makes Mike Rowe president. I think he is exactly what people tell me Trump is, which is Mike Rowe is the guy who streamlines the BS and kind of just tells you flatly what the truth is, kind of speaks like you do, wears the jeans you do, drinks Budweiser after he gets off work like you do, like that kind of thing. I think Mike Rowe is very average American, and I think America obviously wants that, is that that was how Trump got elected. He's not a politician. Talks like me. We saw this with Bush, too. You know, I just want to have a beer with a man. W. And I think that there is something to that. And America loves that cowboy syndrome. We just do. We love that. Average American. Wrangler jeans. Spit tune. Like that. We just love that kind of character. We do. And I think Mike Rowe is that guy. And I think Mike Rowe could be president of this country for sure. I floated the idea of something I want to do with my life earlier this morning. Of course, now everybody's got opinions telling me I'm a jerk for what I'm thinking about doing. We'll get into that next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're online for you at WRQK.com. Uh, I heard this, that you know, we were talking about The Rock running for president. People were like, look, man, like I get what you're saying, but you can't require public service before being coming president. The founder set it up so where men left their plantations and the farms, businesses, whatever, served the country one or two terms, and they go back to where they come from. Requiring public service first spawns politicians, not patriots. Okay, there is truth in what that guy just said. But, Jamie, what I would say to you is, is that I think there's too much money in politics now to where I think the, I, I think the patriots are full-on shut out no matter what. I think the honest-to-God patriot is shut out. And so it's going to be a lawyer. It's going to be those kind of people that are going to do this. Also, you're creating and executing laws. Somebody with a law degree, I don't think is the worst idea in the world. And when people go to founding fathers for me on, on stuff like this, it's like, guys, 1,500 people were alive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's 7 billion people on the planet now. And when you're the president of the United States, you have to think about the planet. And I just, I, I think we've evolved. And so I think the evolution of what's required of that person should be evaluated and should be changed. Something interesting that I've read about recently is the concept of almost like randomized representation, where it's almost like jury duty, where you, John Q. Public, could be chosen as, hey, you've been selected. You are going to represent your district, your state, your whatever, and that'll happen for two, four, eight years, whatever the selected is amount there. And I know that sounds crazy at like from the jump off because you're like, you have no idea who you're going to get there. But if you do it on a rotating basis, 
you get a true representation of America. You that like that's ideally what you are going to get is truly represented by your peers as opposed to people who have made a career out of this. Okay. Okay. And I know that sounds scary because it's like, well, you're just going to let anybody represent the government? And it's like, well, I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like anybody should be able to. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I it just, it seems in no other business, like I said, in any other business, it's like if you showed up at work today and the new, dude, think about this. You go to work every day and don't you say this? My boss, pff, always on me. Never even done my job. Thinks he knows how to do it. Pff, idiot. So if that's decent logic for where you work, how is it not decent logic for who's running the country? Again, I, did I say 20 years of public service? No. But I don't think a little bit of this is necessarily a, as a matter of, I'll give you another great example. You're 19 listening right now. Not, not a lot of you are, but some of you are 19 listening right now. Okay? Maybe you dropped out of high school. Are you allowed to show up at Kent State today and enroll in classes and just go? No. Of course not, because there are requirements to hitting the next level of what it is you're trying to do. And I don't, if that's going to be the bedrock of what we do in any business in America, I don't think it's crazy to necessarily apply that to the president of the United States. I don't think it's crazy. I floated this this morning. Um, my mom and niece were supposed to be here at the end of the week. My mom's coming. My niece is not. I have not gotten the story as to why yet. My guess is it's basketball related. She's on like two traveling teams and she plays in a team that you know, stays in Vegas too. She's on three summer teams. So my guess is it's basketball related and that's perfectly fine. It's okay. Fingers crossed. I don't want it to be like, dude, I hate Dan. I hate Uncle Dan. That guy sucks. No, she loves me. Okay. All she right. does. She I loves just me. I didn't want that to be that. No, she loves me. Um, she's a big fan. And, uh, and she knows I'm, I was, I'm, you know, I only see her every once in a while. She's going to get spoiled rotten. So Fantone asked me, he goes, well, okay, well, well, she's not coming. So let me guess. You're just going to go and you'll, uh, you'll spend Christmas in Vegas. And I said, no, I don't think so. I went to Christmas. I, I went to Vegas for Christmas last year. Kind of want to skip it this year. And I kind of floated this idea. My plan, I came up with a friend of mine the other day is by Christmas morning, I would like to have found a rental house and have a dog. That's what I want my Christmas to be. I wake up in my new house, here's my puppy, and I'm good to go. That's what I want my life to be, right? And the moment I said it, and I knew, I was like, what are you thinking? Why are you going to tell people this? Now it's like a thousand links of houses. I'm not ready yet. I don't want to do it right now. I appreciate your help. I really do, but I'm not looking to do it right this moment. And then moreover, it becomes about the dog. I asked people to post the pictures of their dogs yesterday, facebook.com slash Dansbury Show, but people are all on me. Whatever you do, don't go to a dog breeder. Whatever you do, don't be one of those dirtbags that goes to a dog breeder. Rescue a dog. Okay. First, let me give you the Bill Burr bit. You didn't rescue a dog. You didn't run into a burning building and grab a dog and save its life. You went down to the pound and you got a free dog, you cheap bastard. That's what you did. That's Bill Burr's take, and that's he's been right for five years on it. You didn't rescue anything. You went and got a free dog. Dog would die, right, if you didn't come get it. Yeah, so isn't the dog at the dog breeder facing the same thing? There's, this is what I've never understood. The animals are all alive, right? Right. And ultimately, what we don't want is animals not to have homes, right? Right. So that animal's alive. This one's alive. I'm more virtuous if I get one here. I, I guess, and this isn't me making the argument, what they're going to say is that if you cut the money out of the dog breeders, they would no longer be breeding those dogs. They're doing it because you're buying it, because there's a market for it. That dog would not have existed had somebody not put that money down. Mm. 
All right. I mean, they're not going to keep breeding those dogs if nobody's buying them, right? No, but aren't they going to have to slaughter the ones that they they already breed if we don't? Somewhere along the line, you have to like stop the cycle, though. Is what is, the, is what that argument? So is. we are okay with killing some dogs. It's just like let's not let's you know what I mean, bro. I'm okay with killing dogs. <laughs> I am. I'm okay with eating dogs, dude. I, at the end of the day, I know most people don't feel the way I do, but I'm just very like. I can separate the way I feel about animals versus what they are on this planet. And, like, at the end of the day, I eat meat. So, like, yeah, I can be okay with dogs. There's too many dogs. Well, we have to kill some of them. I'm sorry. I don't want your dog to die. I don't want you to kill my cat. But, like, at the end of the day, these are animals, man. If I can can be okay with wearing leather on my shoes... What do I care? Yeah, I mean, you do got to be careful about that. What hills you want to stand up against? Because it's when we have to thin the herd of deer, nobody cries. It's like, well, yeah, I don't want to yeah. hit a deer with my car. Thin yeah. the herd, right? Do what right. you got to do. I look. I I don't really know. I, I I don't know. But here's what I know. Like, dude, you're not rescuing anything. You went and got a free dog. That's what you do. Bill Burr is so right about that. You're not rescuing anything. But like, people talk to you about it. Like, they're so virtuous. If you want to go buy a dog that's specifically purebred or specifically whatever because you don't want a dog that sheds or you want a dog that's good with kids and you want to spend the money, whatever, dude. Go ahead and spend the money, man. You, you, you want to eat steak as a you know a good piece of steak as opposed to a crap piece. So, like, what, what difference is that to me? Yeah, I mean, ideally what I would like is I would like a pit mix or a pit, but they're so controversial and neighbors get so freaked out and... I just don't want, I don't want the conversations that come with that. Oh my God, the toxic masculinity now turning into toxic dogs and like, oh my God, don't you know those things are killing machines, even though they're not at all. And uh, as a matter of fact, a German Shepherd ripped a two-month-old baby to shreds uh, like two months ago. None of you shared it, though, because it was a German Shepherd. None of you shared it because it's not a dog that you've been conditioned and trained to be more afraid of. And that's why nobody shared it is because it was a German Shepherd and a bunch of you have one of those. And you don't want to think about those being evil hellhounds, even though Hitler used them as because they were great attack dogs. They could be raised as attack dogs. But I mean, outside of that. But I mean, pits are fine. But I just don't want the conversation with it. I just don't want the hassle and the headache with it. You can't live here. You can live here. I just don't want it. So I'm going to go Black Lab is the way I want to go. And I can't wait. And so I think that's what I want Christmas to be. But I, I, will, I would say that I would like the idea of rescuing a dog or getting a free dog. Let's call it that. I would like that idea because I do believe it is nice if you have the ability to do that. My thing is, though, is I'm not going to go rescue a dog I don't want just to give a dog a home. Because what's more important, people or dogs? The answer ultimately is people. Okay? Well, then don't have your own kid. Quit having your own kids. There's adoption centers filled with kids, you heartless dick. What's the matter with you? Go rescue a kid. Rescue a child. Don't be a jerk. Rescue. You see what I'm saying? Doesn't make sense for what it is you want to do. Why would it make sense for what it is I'm looking to do? New Turd Tuesday starts next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Online for you at WRQK.com. We got to go backwards just a little bit. All right. Okay. We were talking about rescuing dogs and this whole thing, and I was like, ah, did you go down the pound and get a free dog? And everybody's like, there's not free. Dude, I get it. Okay, guys, I get it. But a dog, when you go to a breeder, costs like $1,500. It's like $95 to get a dog from a pound. That's what Bill Burr's joke was. Is essentially, dude, is that's really what people are doing, which is saving themselves $1,400. That's what his joke, I just told you what his joke was. 
But man, do you start talking dogs, man? And people like it is true. The American dude, we love the animal way more than we care about our fellow man. And like I said, if that argument works for dogs, then how doesn't it work for humans? You know why? Because you want to make your own little human. Because it's not really about raising a child. It's about having another version of you running around because you're an egomaniac. That's why. Otherwise, you would adopt a kid. What? Be virtuous. Tons of kids in there. What are you going to do? Rescue a kid. What's the matter with you, you selfish dick? Rescue a kid. doesn't work like that way, right? Because you want your own kid. Then what's the difference if I want a different kind of dog? I don't understand it. If, if, dude, if, if you're going to stand on that hill, then you got to stand all the way up on it. That's only my point. We are going to start New Tour Tuesday. We do this every week, and I take the messages every week. You're on a rock station. I know. All I right. get it. I All get right. it. But there are people listening right now who don't necessarily love the rock music. So I try to involve everybody. I try to include everybody into what it is we're doing. Okay? So we do this every week. We play a top 40. Then we play a country. Then we play a rock song. Occasionally a local artist when we have it. And we need more local submissions. And we're going to be asking for more local submissions. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure we're going to have a meeting today, I think. We're going to be doing something cool with local bands, including some uh, around uh, high school football. So be thinking about that, and we'll let you guys know if we get any closer on that in this meeting. This week's episode of New Turd Tuesday, which of course is brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino Northfield Park there. First up is Justin Timberlake, his new song, Soulmate. Ooh. Not what I expected out of Soulmate. Me either. Ooh. Summer starts now. A little late. I love your heart. Be giving me rhythm, and I can feel your frequency. So unique. Other words, such a freak. Set me free. I wanna be, wanna be. I wanna be, wanna be your soulmate for the night. Let me put my soul on your soul. Did you say you wanted to be your soulmate for the night? Yeah. Oh, I like that. Let me be your soulmate for the night. Yeah. Just for the night. Over. I was like, damn, that was fast. <laughs> no, no, we still got some time left here. Magic when you get close to me. And we can disappear, make it disappear. That's too many clothes for me. I wanna be, I wanna be, I wanna be your soulmate for the night. Let me put my soul on your Let me We say it all the time, expectations depict happiness. And my expectations for Justin Timberlake are a little higher than they are for other artists. This sounds to me like one of those songs he can make a hit because of the name recognition, but would not necessarily be a chart topping hit for like a unknown or lesser artist.
pop music's repetitive. It is. I mean, that's just the nature of the of the game with pop music. Right. But this is really repetitive. Yeah, I mean, like it's being a part of Hitville. You're going to repeat yourself a couple sure. of times, but like you're you're 100 right there. Like, I feel like he hasn't done anything else but this. And this isn't that great. You know what I mean? Like, it's not that great of a No, it's not terrible. It's just not very good. always saying about once an artist gets too big you're in the recording studio and this is why I'll never knock music producers because they actually make things better that what happens now is Timberlake gets so big the producers in the room either a he's producing it maybe Timberland I know they work together a lot but nobody's willing to sit in that room and say Justin nah bro we, we, we got to move this where this is why the early records are good this is why early records from artists are really good. Is because they don't have they don't have the clout yet to be like, no, we're doing it this way. And a music producer makes it good. Then they all of a sudden they blow up. They get ten years success. Nobody in the studio has the balls to tell them no anymore. And you get this. Every song you love was a was a was a music producer talking an artist out of what they wish they were doing. Just so you know. This repetitive, it was too long. Like, how long was this? What is the runtime? Almost four. Oh, that's not that bad. It just feels longer than that. Which isn't good for a song. If a song feels long, that's not good. Well, by all means, check it out. I don't know what I'm knocking him for. Nobody stretches out anything better than I do. <laughs> I don't know what the hell I'm knocking him for. That's new Justin Timberlake, soulmate, Fantone. Make it official for me. It's a turd. Um, I really like Justin Timberlake, and it's not that that song is like, dude, man, I'm never going to listen to that dude again. Um, But it just sounded to me like you, you, know, you had heard some Lionel Richie songs, and you were like, oh, maybe I'll record one of those. It felt very uninspired, felt very like it limpy. It was Lionel Richie. It was 100%. It was Dancing on the Ceiling 2.0. And it just didn't work for me, so I'm gonna call it a turd. Very 80s beat. I will give you that. The beat I liked. Song felt long. That's never good for a song. Luke actually tweets in, says, "I'd rather hear popping pills in Uriksville than that." Jeez, remember that song? Yeah, that, I do that was, remember a, that, that was one. a local artist. That was a lo- daytime, I believe. I was, believe, the yeah. was the name of that artist out of Uriksville. There, uh, I'm gonna agree with Fantone. That song was a turd. It's a turd. We do have the, the latest offering from Eric Church. It's Desperate Man. It's next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show. We're on Rock 1069 in the middle of New Tour Tuesday. Brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino there. Already played you the new Timberlake Soulmate. Fantone and I both agreed. Felt like that was a turd on that one. Been excited to play this one all day. I'm a huge Eric Church fan. However, he is one of these artists for me. 
that he is not normally a first listen. It's been like I'm I'm struggling. Like record year was one of these. He's a bunch of his hits where I heard him the first time. I was like, eh, I don't really like it. And then the more I listen to it, the more layers I get through of it, the more I'm like, oh, I kind of dig Eric Church. And I really do like Eric. And I've seen him live. He's a great performer. Um, he's, a, he's got a unique voice. I won't call him a great singer, but he's definitely unique. Um, but his new song is called Desperate Man. Not what I expected. <laughs> Okay. Not going to lie, I'm a little bit worried I grabbed the wrong Desperate Man. I got to check in the system right did now you, and see you, if there's another. Do we have the right one? Desperate Man, let me see. Hold on. I've seen a Joshua Tree. That's yeah. him. Got down on my knees through the virgin mother of prayer. He does have a cool voice. Do you need it? Yeah. glass barefooted. Stroll across the devil's high cold. I've tried everything, I swear. But hey. Weird. Yeah. Yard, horseshoes, domestic light can in the hand, radio turned up. Like he's the perfect barbecue, hangout, block party artist. He's just great at it. That picking right there is really good. Yeah, I don't love that. I, to me, that sounds like, and the color girls go, and I'm sure he grew up a huge fan of, that, of him. song yeah i don't disagree with that that's one of the reasons why i like eric church actually is that i believe eric church um his influences that are not solely country come out in his music quite a bit like i think you can tell by listening to eric church records he was a big bob seger fan i feel i feel like you can tell that um and that yeah he does he's got a a a little bit of a rock and roll background he was a huge elvis costello fan 
um, which is an interesting artist for a country artist to lean on, Elvis Costello. But I believe that that's part of the reason why I like Eric is that I hear some of that stuff that I like from other artists in his music. It's a little less paint by numbers. Recording it for the wrong era, though. Uh, just so Eric Church knows, buddy, the word is thirsty now. You're a thirsty man. That way, you're not desperate anymore. You have the thirst going on. Then the adults, Eric. does kind of fly in the face of that bro country thing. I know he gets lumped into it, but I think unfairly. I don't think he's really that. Interesting take there, just because I know you've gotten to points where it's like, dude, bro country's not even a thing. You know what I mean? I think what I mean to say is I don't think he fits the bill of what other people tell me bro country is. Okay. I think he's a little outside of it. He gets lumped into it, and I think a little unfairly. I think Eric's really, actually a really good artist, and uh, I believe writes a lot of his stuff, too, which that's everybody's knock on the country artists, that they don't write enough. I believe Eric does write quite a bit of his own his own stuff there. There's his new song, Desperate Man. Fans, don't give me the vote. It's a turn! I usually like Eric Church, um, but there was something about that song that just wasn't working. It didn't compliment his voice at all. I felt like it sounded really grating on top of that track, and I usually, like I said at the beginning of it, got a unique voice and usually something I dig, um, but I don't know if it was too poppy or if it was too John Mellencampy or if it was too, I don't know. There was something about it that just didn't add up for me. Therefore, I'm going to call it a turd. Uh, I don't think you could go wrong being more Mellencamp in that format. I think more guys should go that route. I believe this will do what most Eric Church songs do for me, which is I hear it now, not crazy about it. Three months from now, I'll be a big fan of it. I don't think it's a smash hit, though. Like I don't think you can hear it as like that's a number one single. I'll vote half a turd on the new Eric Church. Eh, it's mm. half a turd. We'll close out the Stansberry Show at New Turd Tuesday with Seether and also Leonard Skinner tickets next on Rock 106.9. Toby Boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Yo, guys, fans, home from the Stansberry Show here. Honor Fighting Championship, bringing MMA action back to the flats. That's right. It is Honor Fighting Championship 6. It is fight night at Nautica and all goes down August 18th up in Cleveland. Now, listen, tickets are already moving fast. I don't want you to get shut out. So go get yours at honorfightingchampionship.com. The lineup is already stacked, and it includes friend of the Stansberry Show, uh, the Vanilla Gorilla Nick Brashear. He'll be making his MMA pro debut at fight night. You don't want to get shut out on this, dude. Tickets still available, uh, including VIP packages. Get yours at honorfightingchampionship.com. Rock 1069. Yo, guys, Fantone from the Stansberry Show here to tell you about the Rollholt Vision Institute. It still happens to me all the time, dude. I wake up in the morning, I reach for my glasses, and all of a sudden I remember, dude, you do not need those. I got 20-20 vision thanks to the LASIK surgery I had done at Rollholt. And I'm telling you, your summertime is going to be so much easier when you don't have to worry about glasses or contacts. So if you've been thinking about LASIK surgery, I know you have some questions, which is why the Rollholt Vision Institute has made everything perfectly clear for you at their website. That is Rollholt. Holtvision.com.
New Turd Tuesday. I talked to the guy at Sam Goody. He said it was a hip track. We listen to new songs and decide if, well, it's a turd or not. New Turd Tuesday. Welcome back to the Sands Ridge Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Nearing the end of New uh, New Turd Tuesday. Already played in the new Timberlake, new Eric Church. We both felt like the Timberlake, not so great. We were kind of split on the Eric Church. Uh, Phantom voted turd. I voted half. Wasn't necessarily the best Eric Church song I've ever heard. Uh, before we play you this new Seether, um, dude, tonight's a big night. You got Manson Zombie at Blossom, and then Taylor Swift at First Energy, and somebody posted a photo, one of my Facebook friends posted a photo. Dude, there is 13 semis were parked outside of First Energy Stadium last night to bring in the Taylor Swift tour. 13 semis it takes to put that girl on stage. Stadium tour, you know what I mean? Like, that's as big as it gets, dude. He blow it all out on that one. So. That is a massive amount of equipment for a single artist. I mean, sold out sold out First Energy, too. So it's just like, you deserve it. You know what I mean? Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it. It's just, dude, I mean, I mean, think about that. 13 different truck drivers are driving all over the country, and probably more. Because what happens with a lot of the times on those shows is it's too much of a production to set, I don't know where she's playing tomorrow, let's say Pittsburgh. It's too much of a production to wait till you close up and this and that. The next crew's already on the way to the next city. Like, they're mo- normally with a show this big, you need three, four road crews. Like, the amount of people that that woman has to, like, to hire and employ to get that show on the road, it's, I mean, it's amazing, really, when you think about it. So that show tonight, you have ticket. You're going to Taylor Swift, are you? Yeah, not? yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and the uh, me and the girlfriend. I think we're going to make the trip up there. So I uh, I obviously have to get out of here and go take a nap immediately. <laughs> it's like well, goddamn, dude. It's not going to start. It starts at seven. And there's two openers. And dude, read the rules because apparently it's like there's special parking things that are going on. Ugh. Again, they're going to do the purse thing. You're not allowed to bring big purses in. It's going to be a clutch, I believe. Um, and those kinds of things and all like that stuff. Like I know KDD's got it on their website, so do read that over before you head out. Yeah, first energy's kind of a pain in the ass too. Like the whole like process of it's on that just that weird side of town and it's just like there's I don't know, I'll have to figure it out. I'll have to probably probably take the uh probably take the tram down there, right? Oh, I would. If if that's an option to you, I would for sure. Yeah. I mean I don't even know. Are the Indians in town? Let's look know. at that. Let's look. Oh no, it's the All Star Game. Yeah. So yeah, no, no, obviously not. Again, baseball does such a great job getting their information out there. Uh, it is the All Star Game tonight, so you won't have tribe traffic. That part at least decent for you. Nearing the end now, and not actually nearing. It is the end of New Tour Tuesday. We have new Seether for you. This song's called Against the Wall.
If you're going to make a ballad, make a ballad. Yeah, it's a weird, weird halfer here. Yeah, don't don't go in half in, half out with me on a ballad. If you make a ballad, make a ballad. Part of the problem, and I think you heard it right out of the gate, is that his voice not necessarily strong enough to carry a ballad. Well, I I, norm- I, I want to agree with you, except for Broken ended up being a huge hit. But was it Evanescence that carried it? Maybe. Maybe it was Amy Lee that carried that. Because when they first released Broken on their first record, it wasn't necessarily, I mean, it was a little bit more rocked up. And I think when he was dating Amy Lee, that then that's when they decided to kind of make it a ballad and her voice probably carried it. I like his voice for rock songs, though. Yeah, when it's at its peak, when he's doing what he's when they're the best rocking, at, yeah, he's great. Yeah, but it's just you know, it's this is an uphill battle for him trying to like, hey, listen to me sing. You as can hide to him rock. in the rock music, yeah. right? Like I know they did. They actually did. Seether did an acoustic album, but they did it in front of like a live audience. So like the songs are a little bit more jazzed up, and he sounded great doing that. But I do agree with you here. It does sound like he's straining in this. They have their own festival. Not surprised, I guess. Like right? Seether has a fest. Seether fest. It's I. I mean, dude. I, what do you got to do as a rock band to have a fest? Be pretty damn successful. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But when's the last time Seether had a hit? Um. Yeah. And I guess it all depends on who's all on that tour. You know what I'm saying? If you're the biggest out of the ten bands that you've got up there, well, then hell, go call it Seether fest. Yeah, I guess. Like everybody does them now. Is it even worth it? I mean, Like, is that what's happening here? Is the last I remember the last Seether song we did on New Tour Tuesday was Nobody Praying for Me, and I loved that song, but it completely flopped. And that was two albums ago, by the way. The last album. No, they yeah, this, this is from Poison the Parish, was the which was the last album they put out. And I own that. They sent it here and I listened to it twice and I just thought it was just the whole album was just kind of like so-so-ish. But there's new Seether. The song's called Against the Wall. Fantone, give me the vote. It's a turd. I didn't feel like there was anything redeeming about it. I didn't feel like there was anything catchy. I didn't feel like there was anything that really rocked. I didn't feel like my heartstrings were getting pulled on right there. So on three different fronts, man, a swing and a miss. That was a turd. Yeah, I'm going to agree and vote turd as well. 
It's a turd. Like, honestly, listening to that just made me want to listen to see their songs I like. Like Rise Above This was a song I absolutely love by that band. Very anthemic. You get to hear Sean kind of scream it out, kind of belt it out. And his voice is great at stuff like that. Not so great with the ballads. I have to agree with Fantone there. Outside of Broken, which again, if you can point to the one example that that's the, that's the exception, not the rule there. I, yeah, I'm going to agree. I'm going to vote turd on that. If you're headed to Taylor Swift tonight, and again, like, dude, if your woman's dragging you to Taylor Swift, there's going to be a bunch of things you can and cannot do. I know our sister station, KDD, has that up at their website on, like, what the requirements are to get in the door. You can check that out. Manson and Zombie also at uh, Blossom a little later this evening, where Leonard Skinner will be on the 27th. We're about to hook you up with those tickets. However, if you want, I believe it's uh, it's Ozzy tickets, right, for his last show at Blossom Check out Fishhead tomorrow. He'll be at the upper deck starting at 6 p.m. is where you can see Fishhead for those tickets. But let's pass out these Leonard Skinner for their show on the 27th right now. We'll take caller 20, 1-800-243-7625 on those. Aside from that, we are done for the day. Be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. You have a great day.